party people, what's up? Join us, your gem girls, as we work that stripper pole straight into Satan's inner sanctum. Ride that devil dick straight through the pits of hell. Rub our demonic crotches to make hell even hotter and bust our heathen nuts in unholy communion and right into God's all-seeing eyeball. And yet another installment of Gem Girls Podcast, of course. Of course, of course. We do that all the time. All the time. That's what you know us for. And I know, I know, you're probably thinking, haven't you said and done enough to upset our Heavenly Father? To which I say, we've definitely already dove deep enough into Satan's bunghole, but you could always go even deeper, Mama. So true. In case you're new here, uh, hello, welcome, hi, sorry for that uh, (laughs) maybe awkward intro or overly raunchy. We're so happy to have you. I'm Hakuna Matitis. And I'm Orifice Jones, and today we are donning our fishnet stockings, chic-ish top hats, and (laughs) Nike Satan shoes with that human blood to twerk up on our best Judy, Lou. Lucifer, and discuss <laughs> this week's gem. So I, I was just, you know, Lou. It's, it's Lou. Lucifer's so long. Yeah, uh, of course. And discuss this week's gem episode, season two, episode 10, Music is Magic. Wow. Now, this episode was written by the man, and I literally do believe he is kind of like the man, and the legend, possibly a genie, Paul Dini. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I say possibly a genie because the man has had a very long, illustrious career as a screenwriter and TV writer, uh, being among the writing team, if not one, like a showrunner on some fantastic shows. Tiny Toon Adventures more fits into our uh, gemosphere here, but he's also the co-creator along with Bruce Tim. Is it Bruce Tim? Let me double check that. Bruce Tim? Yeah, dude, Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. That's why I was... I, every time I say Bruce Tim's name, I'm like, it sounds too cool. And it's also two first names, so it must be <laughs> fake. But no, Bruce Tim, best known for creating the Batman the Animated Series alongside <laughs> the genie Paul Dini. Uh, and I imagine you... Hakuna slash Jocelyn, you have never maybe watched Batman the Animated Series. Hell no. Well, but it we? is... No, I haven't. It was a 90s cartoon. Like, I grew up with it. But it's also known as, like, maybe the best animated superhero cartoon. And maybe just the one of the best TV, superhero TV shows in general. Or just adaptations of Batman in general. It's a fucking fantastic-ass oh. show. Wow. Uh, still holds up. And it's, all, it's also very kind of, like, almost crime noir as opposed to being, like, over-the-top superhero action. It's very, like, slow-paced at times as well. It's very good. Uh, nice. Yeah, he's also done Batman Beyond, which is kind of an offshoot of that, Duck Dodgers, and a bunch of other shit. Uh, And I don't think he always gets the cred, but I'm going to say Paul Dini also secret drag queen because (laughs) he co-created Harley Harley Quinn, like bisexual icon. He also wrote several uh, issues of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, queer icon. Uh, okay. He also wrote Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica from Archie, which is like two lesbian powerhouses meeting another two lesbian powerhouses for like Scissor Fest Extraordinaire. E- e- yeah, that sounds like a lesbian orgy waiting. For exactly, happen. or as is already <laughs> happening slash is always happening in our collective unconscious. So. Paul Dini, pretty sure is just an overweight straight white guy, but in my heart, he is a black 
queer drag queen, androgynous, and he doesn't even have a gender or race. He's probably like he's just he's um he's my inner drag queen. Yeah, and he goes by Deanie the Genie. Exactly, exactly. And Deanie is D E E N E E for whatever reason. <laughs> or like D apostrophe K N E E. Oh, nice, Denise. That's more like Denise. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I love that. And but for short form, it should be Denise the G, but it's full Denise the Genie. <laughs> love it. Wonderful. Uh, Paul Dini, um, aside from bringing us all of that magic and, again, at least one quarter genie, he has also brought his magical writing skills to the Gemsphere and conjured up maybe one of the best episodes of this season, nay, possibly the series. Yeah. Uh, like, for real, it's actually well-structured and well-done. Like, you know, I always give credit to my boy Wolfman, Party Wolfman, but Party I think Wolfman. Dini... Yeah, but I think Dini might have him beat on this and if it wasn't already obvious i want him to poke me with his magic stick (laughs) i feel that so hard i kind of want him to hocus my pocus or should i say pocus my hocus yeah exactly neither makes sense so why not (laughs) anyway according to some random hoes on the internet sorry rockgem.com you know we love you uh, this is the one where Gem and the Holograms are appearing in a music and magic TV special in Magic Island, of course. <laughs> of course, Magic Island. Where else would it happen? Right. Uh, with the world's greatest magicians. Gem accidentally manages to upset three of the magicians. And on top of that, the misfits turn up as the second band playing. After the rehearsal of a magic trick goes wrong, Jem disappears and the holograms do their best to find out who is responsible and to find Jem, of course. So a, a classic verbose, lengthy rockgem.com <laughs> description with some of the, uh, the grammar and syntax not necessarily working, which is what we love them for. We love them. We love that. <laughs> uh, before we get into the episode, I feel like we should just take a moment. We already touched on in the intro, but let's get more into this Lil Nas X coming out satanic homo moment we were all living through right now uh i'm here for it i know you're here for it yeah i'm definitely here for it exactly i'm like the most here for it because lil nas x i'm the most here for it i uh, okay you're more here for it i'm so more i'm like homo here for it you know okay uh but Lil Nas X, like, I didn't even care about him until, like, this really happened. And he may be a famous recording artist. He may have tons of followers on Twitter. But the song and music video, I think, is very universal to the gay experience. Because, I mean, Jocelyn, you may not huh. know this intimately. Because much like how witches kind of have to sign the Book of the Devil to achieve true witchhood, very, you know, as we've seen in Sabrina Teenage Witch of late. So it's kind of the same thing with gays. Basically, you got to twerk up on Satan and give him the black dance of the afterlife before you even get your full gay card. So (laughs) we have all been there. A part of me is like Lil Nas, like, don't give away our secrets. But you know what? People have to know. Wow, you know what? You're really, like, spreading the good word of Lucifer here today. It's um, my best Judy Lucy, you know? She, like, she gets enough playtime, but I don't think she gets enough recognition. No, 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 no. For her contributions to, um, you know, gay culture. <laughs> she is gay culture. Lucifer is gay culture. <laughs> like, I just don't know. Everything originates out of that uh, that black seed, you know? 
Wow. Um, okay. And I, well, I meant black was... as the color, by the way. I'm not saying <laughs> Lucifer <laughs> is, uh, has, is of African descent. That, uh, that came out a little weird. No, I imagine, like, his cum is black. Right, right. Like, an oozy situation. Like, you know, sperm is, like, you know, regular jizz is white, but it's the uh, the reverse intone version. But still, still delicious. Yeah, exactly. Inky, but tasty. Inky, but tasty, not white and ranchy. Exactly. No one one (laughs) likes ranchy jizz. No, no one. (laughs) Not in my consistency, not in my flavor. I don't want some weird specks of green in the mix. (laughs) It's like, ooh, bitch, what have you been eating? Yeah, exactly. Probably fucking bunch of ranch sauce. Um, oh, that's so gross. I'm like 90% ranch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a rancher. I'm just, you know, mostly just ranch. I'm a rancher. I'm... Almost entirely ranch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my skin is white basically because of ranch. It's, <laughs> I used to look more Hispanic. <laughs> um, so yeah, now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, um, let's talk about this episode. Right, right, um, right. So, and we um, open to them wearing the most amazing outfits. Like, Dude, this outfit... This- episode in general i was so here for all the fucking outfits right so we open up to the holograms wearing slutty magicians outfits so we're talking fishnets we're talking coochie riding leotards we're talking like some really tight tucks up in here yes tight tucks um tucks for days um like a fucking tailcoat yeah, so it's very, like, old-school magician's assistant realness. Uh, it's like, if you know the, the comic book character Zatanna, it's, like, very that vibe. So some of them will have fishnet leggings. Some of them are just, like, you know, full legs with a little bikini thing. Yeah. Coat with uh, little tails, like a top hat situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if, like, I'm not going to say, like, I don't know if you know this about me because I think it's implied. I am so here <laughs> For a magician's assistant outfit with fishnets. That is like, (laughs) that is so up there for me in terms of like looks that I want to embody in my everyday life. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I would roll through in that outfit with you 100%, Michael. Yeah, yeah. And also to make another Deanie Genie connection, Zatanna, who's like the most famous DC magician girl who wears basically this outfit. He's also written a bunch of uh, comic books with her as well. Wow, it all comes full eyeball. Full eyeball. That eyeball keeps on rolling. <laughs> but um, it's in, we should also note that we technically don't open up with all the, the holograms. Yeah, it's That's just true. Kimber doing her, like, I, I, she was, it was a riff on Houdini. She was like, Kimberini. And I was like, that's not very inspired. <laughs> no, it's pretty awful. Um, and she's doing a ma- magic show for the orphans, um, two of which are wearing turbans. Uh, yeah, a strong turban presence in this episode, too, which we'll get into maybe a little bit later. I It was weird. It was weird. Um, but anyway, they put Kimber in a box. Um, they call upon magic spirits from far and near, which is like the first instance of witchcraft or like demonic summoning we get. In this and episode. there's also a lot of that in this episode. Also <laughs> very here for it. Um. And basically, they play a prank on Kimber, leave her in the box. Um, Do they play a prank? I thought Kimber just kind of fucked up. Oh, okay. I have no fucking clue. 
Yeah, because you get this, like, I think Kimber fucked up because Ashley at first, like, gives a little read, like, if it's going to even fucking work. And I'm like, of course, Ashley's being the worst right now. And (laughs) then Kimber gets stuck in the box. And I remember I clocked it because blind-ass bitch Bonnie is the one to spot the key on the floor. And I was like, did you see that through the one eighth (laughs) peripheral vision you have still maintaining, girl? Because it was very, it was, she, she clocked it real quick. She did. I mean, I think it was the glint, like the glitter of the key that really caught her eye. So um, Bonnie picks the thing off of the floor and um, yeah, Kimber's stuck in the box. Some shit happens. And this is where we, uh, this is where where I believe the holograms come in. Uh, And they're basically like, oh, you're practicing for the music and magic special? But I was like, oh, sure. Okay. That's a combination you see. Yeah. Right. Like, why does that need to happen? Um, and, yeah, Kimber is basically, like, tricks are pretty hard, it turns out. Um, and Unless Jerica, you're turning them, you know what I mean? And Jerrica very snidely, and she's always so snide when she talks to Kimber. She's just kind of like, well, you're the one who wanted to be the, ma- you're the one who wanted to be the magician, so it's your fault that, like, you kind of fucking suck. Yeah, um, yeah, she's like, her sister energy is never where it needs to be. No. Um, and I just got to point out her face looks totally different. Does Um, it? I didn't notice. How so? It does. Um, it's really hard to explain, um, since it's just animated, but I would say like her eyes are bigger. Um, her eyes are more blue and I found this to be true of Aja as well. Interesting. Um, Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we learned that this music and magic special is going to be a TV special with all the world's greatest magicians being filmed. None other than magic Island, magic uh, Island, because of course. a name we're also familiar with. It's the, uh, it's the magic Island. Um, yeah. Which we actually don't necessarily ever learn whereabouts this Island is. It's, we no. just kind of instantly travel there. Um, and then after we get all this introduction, they're getting, they're so excited to go to the TV magic Film, special, words, that was a sentence. Um, <laughs> that's all I really got out of that whole exchange. It's all, you just have to pair up the nouns wherever you want. Yeah. Uh, but then we have a very brief scene that I thought was right. so strange of just yeah. evil hands tearing the poster for this mu- music and magic show. And I was like, wow, that is so sinister. That is more sinister than we've ever seen anything on Gem. Yeah, for sure. And like, I guess it's, implied that it's Eric Raymond. Um, right, right. Or somebody. And that's like, that's what I thought we were going to get. We're like, oh, this is the scene where you see Eric and the Misfits pissed off about how Jem and the Holograms are headlining the show and they uncover their scheme. But like, no, we just got the creepy hands, the creepy tear, and that was it. Yeah. And I guess like we're, we already are familiar enough with the, the show to know how it's going to go that I kind of like his choice not to write another scene of them getting angry and, like, them deciding to, like, jump on the bandwagon, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Paul Dini knows where to cut the fat, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Um, This fucking hand-tearing scene obviously needed to be in there for... I don't know if it necessarily did, but... I don't know that either. Yeah. I liked liked how it it was a change... I agree. I liked how it was a change of pace from what we usually get in terms of, like, a villain setup in this show... Uh, I think it w- it would have been fine without it because there's a bunch of there's a lot of setup later, um, but I like a good creepy hand moment. 
Yeah, I love creepy hands. <laughs> Put them all over me. <laughs> Actually, do, uh, do not. Yeah, um. I don't like. I don't. I don't like. I don't like creepy hands that much. Um, so, we cut to Magic Island, which is basically a very terrifying-looking castle on top of a big-ass cliff. Right, and then um, we we pan through a room of I guess I'm gonna assume all these magicians, you know, chin wagging and hobnobbing, and then I was just <laughs> like. Is this where magicians meet up to have, like, orgies or do, like, weird furry stuff? Because why do they need an entirely secluded fortress to socialize? I mean, what do you call people who, like, fuck illusions or, like, demonic spirits? Ooh. That's out of my wheelhouse. I don't know, but I should know, you know? Because that's what I think they are. Like, yeah, I think yeah, they're not yeah. furries. They're into like fucking like one-eyed cyclops lizards. Right, things. right, 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 right. Like mythological creature fetish. Um, hmm, right. Hmm. I don't know. We'll we'll think of a word here. But also, this is just to go back to fucking Lil Nas X witchcraft nonsense. I also just find it strange that, not strange necessarily, I know why, but I think it's kind of funny how all these Catholic people are coming after uh, Lil Nas for the video, which I'm like, Catholicism is one step away from Satanism. Like, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a lateral move. You replace a cross with like an inverted pentagram and you take out Jesus for the Antichrist and it's the exact same shit. Yeah, I, I mean, but like, I guess you're worshiping the wrong figure. Which is like, I, I, I mean, all they sure, I, sh- I suppose, I suppose, but it's just so many elements are similar: the iconography, the uh, the ritualism, the theatrics. Yeah. Um, which then also, like, I'm reading, I'm reading a book on Shinto right now, and like Western witchcraft is basically Shinto without the central formal. It's like a decentralized Shinto, which I think is kind of interesting. What do you mean by decentralized? So Shinto is very, like, it became kind of like like a state religion. It's, like, kind of government-run, mm-hmm. and you need to, because to become a priest, you have to go through formal education, and there's, like, a like an association of shrines kind of thing. So it's much more of a, a system, systematized religion. Right. Uh, but at its core, a lot of the beliefs are very similar to Wicca slash witchcraft in terms of everything as a spirit, ritual, like, purification ceremonies, beseeching... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the gods or the unseen for some sort of um, material aid. That's all very, very similar and how, like, everything kind of has its own kind of spirit. It's just, you know, they're, they're very, the witchcraft is very anti-establishment. Right. That's interesting. Um, yeah. It, it is weird that they're getting so upset about this um, because it's, like, really not that big of a deal. I feel like we have bigger problems in our society to deal yeah, with like, yeah, some guy, yeah. some like troll on the internet, like giving the devil a lap dance. Right. But and I anyway. think at its core though, also like the message is, is like, yeah, everyone says being a queer is sinful, but like, it, I'm just raising like a middle finger to you uh, within like the same span of time that the Catholic church was unable to say that gay being gay isn't a sin, which is also right. just like, come on guys. Like, I understand how an archaic of an institution they are, but it's 2021. Come on. Right. And I would have expected a little bit more from the current Pope. Since right, right, to, right. Like, try to be with the times on some level, but I guess, yeah. Yeah, but well, he the just went to, he went to Iran or Iraq recently, and it's like, okay, 
you're trying to build bridges there, but you can't with, like, you know, the fucking homos, dude? Give us a break. Yeah, for real. And, like, it would help your cause. Like, it would help the survival of the church if you actually adapted to, you know, like the views of the time like just being more accepting I feel exactly like- exactly and like i'm yeah. sorry the yeah. pope also basically a drag queen have you seen his outfits <laughs> and the pope mobile exactly to- yeah bitches kiss his hand yeah like yeah kiss the ring like fucking wear a giant like pointy glamorous gold hat yeah like such a diva hat and your pope mobile yeah yeah. Definitely also, queen. I'm stealing this from Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange, but if someone did Jesus Christ on Snatch Game, I would live for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone should just straight up do Satan too. Oh, that uh, would be good. That would be good. That would be good. Both would be, uh, yeah. Like, do the gayest Jesus possible. Yeah, exactly. Like, Jesus has to be, like, you know, like a real queen. Like, hey. <laughs> But also, like, such a good person. You know? Right, of course, of course, of course. But, like, a little, like, an undercurrent of shade, because Jesus hated some people. Yeah, for for real. Um, yeah, I feel like Utica could have done that since she's so religious. Yeah, Maybe but that's Utica... Like sacrilegious for her. Yeah, but, like, Utica would have done it to the point where it would have been sacrilegious. Like, you can do a character, a myth, like, a, a character from a religion and do it to an informed way that it's making fun of it and it's funny and it's satirical, but you're also kind of respecting it. Uh, Utica yeah, does sure. not have that ability. Uh, that bitch just goes straight from, like, I'm so quirky to lowest common denominator, like, humor that it, it just comes off as uh, ignorant and kind of aggressive. Yeah, to be fair, I didn't see the most recent episode, the one with the rose. Hoocha! <laughs> it was hard to watch. I skipped through some of it because I was like, I cannot, I cannot go through this. And there was, like, a few performances that are pretty cringy. Hers was bad. Um, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing that, maybe. Um, but I could see it. Like, Utica, she's definitely, she definitely has a great eye for fashion. Um, but her Bob Ross thing. Oh, my God. First of all, like, choosing to wear, like, a bunch of squirrels on your head instead of an afro. Because you don't want to, you don't want to upset black people. Like, saying, like, an afro looks like a bunch of wild animals. Is more offensive. More offensive. <laughs> and even if any black people did comfort to Utica for wearing an afro, I think that would be like the one instance where a white person would have been justified to be like, what are you fucking talking about? Right? And like, I just, I just don't see it being a problem. Like white drag queens have worn afros on multiple occasions. Yeah, yeah, and you're not playing a black character. And also, Richard fucking Simmons was on the fucking panel. That guy has an afro. Fucking Tina Burner was wearing an afro. Yeah. Um, The white guilt thing was just super annoying. Even when she was doing, um, like, the makeover challenge with Simone. Right, 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 right. And she was like, I just don't want to be called racist. It's like... I don't know, maybe, like, think less about the internet canceling you and just think about the fact that, like, 
this black drag queen is trying to share her drag with you. Exa- yeah, and- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think like almost the effort to not be racist is almost a little racist because you're making it seem like anything about Simone's aesthetic is just only about being black. Right, which it's definitely not. I mean, like, for sure, Simone does seek to represent her blackness and, you know, black fashion, whatever. That's definitely true. Um, But, like, there's so much more to her. And, like, you don't have to do it in an appropriative way. Like, it's not like Simone's coming out wearing a dashiki. Uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Anyway, so I think, yeah, Utica kind of sucks. I, I kind of liked your beginning of the season, but then as time went on, I was like, bitch. Like, you're a hoo-hee, ha-ha-ha-ha, oh my da da It was just, I got over it real Annoying. quick. Yeah. Annoying. Annoying. <laughs> uh, um, anyways. However we got here. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so back to this fucking episode. So we're at Magic <laughs> Island. Uh, Jem meets Devin Silverstone. Right. Um, which was like, honestly, I was here for Devin Silverstone. He was kind of hot. Um, yeah, he was, like, a, an egotistical asshole, though, but they all were. Like, like, yeah, they all were, and this is also, so in the Gemisphere, there are, I, there's, it's hard to distinguish between illusion and, like, real magic, because this dude materializes right. flowers out of thin fucking air. It's like a, <laughs> just kind of pops into his hand. Right. Um, which, again, yeah, is that an illusion, or is that, um nonsense i don't know yeah like is he calling upon like the dark powers of our good girl lou or is he just flipping that out of his sleeve um, um devin yeah, silver really- who knows but i want to point out though this little exchange that he has with Jem, because mm-hmm. as with every fucking attractive male character in this show that doesn't have a specific race or ethnicity tied to them he always <laughs> he goes straight to Jem and is like yo girl like let me get up in your business and Jim yes. kind of like, you know, at first is kind of polite. And then he's like, oh, I won't take no for an answer. Like, let me like take you out. And then Jim has this line, which is like, uh, I have a say in this matter. And I have to say no. Yeah, uh, I respect that. Dude, yeah. And then Devin also takes it like, oh, okay. And like kind of says bye. And I was like, yo, that was an amazing exchange. Exactly like what he needed to hear. And was one of the best moments of... Jem asserting herself and, you know, kind of combating that really problematic uh, male uh, motive or male nature to just, like, not take no as an answer. I thought it was very well said and well put. Well, yeah, but, like, to be fair, though, he does turn around and say, like, oh, well, I'm going to try to convince you anyway. True, Um, true. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But in that moment, he at least does recognize, like, oh, okay, maybe I should shut the fuck up for, for right now at least. Yeah, and Aja's got her back too. He, she was, she kind of clocks him as kind of being an incel. Right, um, right, right. And we'll get to that. There's a line in particular where it's kind of implied. Oh. Um, yeah. So he disappears, and Marla Martell. Um, Marla another, Martell. Another bitch in a turban. Who honestly, I kind of love her. I <laughs> do her. The end of her story. The conclusion of her narrative, I have some issues with. We'll get there, though. Fair enough. But, like, in this moment... In this oh, in this scene, moment, she's everything. She basically just walks on out of the, uh, up in there, like, out of nowhere, basically tells these bitches, do not fuck with me, and then puts a snake in her flower bouquet. Right, and not before saying... I may be famous. Not all of my tricks are illusions. And then, mm-hmm, bam, mm-hmm. 
puts a fucking snake in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly, which is such a power move. That being said, though, I do have to comment on the turban. It's not a good look for my girl Martell. Uh, it also just kind of gave me weird, like, like Sikh vibes. And, you know, when uh, in Sikhism, you know, you're, they're, they're wearing the turban slash uh, head thing. I forget what the actual term is. For religious reasons. The fact that she's doing it as part of a shtick is a little offensive. Yeah, for sure. People shouldn't just, you know, wear turbans. Um, yeah. And dude, That's also, cool. so weird thing, well, not weird thing with Sikhism, it's actually pronounced Sikhism. Like, I took a course on it in Sick. university. And the thing is, though, like, only people from that background or of that religion will say it like that. So me in my everyday life, if I were to say, like, a Sikh or, like, Sikhism, I would look like an ignorant fuck. So it's one of those... Like, oh, is this actually how you say it? But it's not how everyone knows to say it. So you're going to look dumb if you do. Right. But you could normalize the pronunciation. Yeah, but I mean, like, bitches got to know. Bitches do got to know you're right. Uh, I just don't necessarily know if it's my white boy place to necessarily educate people about this. I don't know. It's like when pho became uh, more commonplace in our diet. Um, right, 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 right. There pho. was a time where people were calling it pho, and then people would be like, no, it's pho, and people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, so the, um, the only thing is with the pho, it's not a debate, the pho-pho debate, because it's there's one right answer, but I will <laughs> say that some restaurants perpetuated the pho pronunciation by doing a bunch of fucking pho puns, like, right. um, like, pho on, get out of here kind of thing. <laughs> I've never seen that before, but I could picture it on a sign for a restaurant. Faux for show. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like shit like that. So there, I, I have seen restaurants with puns like that. And if I was, you know, a random, un, not, not, I don't want to say uneducated, but un, um, uninformed individual who never had that food before, I would then imagine or I would assume it was faux. Right. No, you're right. I mean, like, it's fair enough because people had never heard of that food i guess a lot of people haven't i suppose so they got to make it familiar phonetically i familiar you know what i'm saying familiar <laughs> i got fomo fomo would be a good <laughs> fomo's a good one yeah it's a good one it's a good one anyways so um after mad bitch fierce as fuck marla comes through with her snake uh then we get this other dude i only really knew him as the professor because I thought his name was Frick, but it turns out his sl ginger slave boy is named Frick. Oh, he's Frack. Oh, no, no, that no, makes no. So much wait, 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 wait. No, he, the like bald one, like the ringleader or the master of the two, is Professor Frick, and okay. then like the methed out slave boy is Frack. Got you, got you. Also a ginger. Just have to you know to complete the image because he does look <laughs> Gante F and. <laughs> Like, not good uh, with that, like, pat, like, you know, very uh, pale, pasty ginger skin. It was, it wasn't, it was, he didn't look good. Right. Uh, and I, you know, initially I thought like, oh, maybe Frack is Frick's side piece. But then, like, it became clear that there was some, you know, in Game of Thrones, uh, Ramsey, how he took Theon Lovejoy and, like, turned him into, uh, like, tortured him into submission. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Same vibes. I got that kind of vibe. For yeah. sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> there is some creepy shit going on there, which maybe plays into the eventual betrayal and makes me understand it more. Um, but regardless, Professor Frick, or is it Frack? Which one? 
Professor Frick. Professor Frick kind of comes through basically to just shit on Jim uh, and their music, basically calling her a mindless <laughs> rock band, which I really enjoyed. Um, I but he actually says mindless rock bands, to which Shayna is like, I wonder what the other band is. It's like, <laughs> right. bitch, Shayna, you know how this goes. I know. It's like, bitch, you know. You know. Like, how is it even a question at this point? Exactly. And then Jim also has this line. I don't know if we're going to make it through this show alive. And I'm like, Jim, that is such a weird thing to say. <laughs> like, accurate in your everyday life because your life is always threatened. But if I was playing a show and then I got the vibe, like, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of here alive. That's, uh, I don't know. I would have some misgivings. Yeah. I mean, like, there is a lot of, like, conjuring happening here. Like, Professor Frick puts the snake in his top hat, turns it into a dove, and, like, everyone's being super aggressive and, like, creepy Technically, to Technically, Jocelyn, that's transmutation. Okay. He's turning so one thing into another. Yet. Conjuring is something out of nothing. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Excuse yeah, you're excused. Um, so, Frack is, like, I've never seen that trick before. What's your secret? Um, and Frick is like, don't give away my best secret. I don't give away my best secret, right, which right, is right. relevant. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they, they do set this up that like, you know, Frack is on the hunt for some secrets. Boyd likes the secrets. Um, and yeah. Um, so Jem and the holograms have been insulted um, because, you know, like you said, another mindless rock band. Right. And, and uh, two of them. <laughs> and Jem is getting, the Jem and the holograms are getting ready to practice when, bam, we get a bunch of fucking smoke. Uh, and it's misfit smoke. And they come in on a fucking moon, <laughs> dude. And it is everything. And not only do they ride in on a fucking celestial body, their <laughs> outfits are amazing. Yeah, they look great. Uh, because Jim and the Holograms. Yeah, yeah, they kill Jim and the Holograms are going more magician's assistant as a look, like as a theme. The Misfits are going full on Space Witch. And it is so right. much better. Like the Jim the, and the Holograms look great, but the Misfits all look amazing. Yeah, like high ponies, um, pizzazz. Like again, they're all wearing leotards, of course. Um, Pizzazz has got like a hot pointy shoulder moment. Yeah, They've the got pointy capes. shoulders. Um, they all look amazing. Um, and it turns out that Stormer here pulled some strings and got them on the show. Um, and Pizzazz says menacingly, we're going to blow you off the stage. Cue Abracadabra. <laughs> Tried spelling abracadabra on my computer. It's a. I think I think I got abadagkrida, which was you know <laughs> not my finest moment. Yabadabadoo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I loved this video, dude. This was everything too. for me because you know I already alluded to the misfits wearing space witch outfits. They are in space most of this out, out, uh, most of this music video, casting spells left and right. Yeah, um, and it opens with the smoke spiral right, that like right, spirals right. into space, and we cut to the holograms like on this floating record through space, and then there are like cards like cascading through space. 
Um, and and at one point, there's like they like either turn them into frogs or there are a bunch of frogs, but also like in a spider web, which <laughs> I love that combination. And then they like you know transform them back. Uh, a lot of fucking beams of energy being thrown around. Yes, um, I kind of I loved the spider web part because it was like, where are you? Are you in some like circle of hell? Exactly, with spider webs <laughs> and frogs. Exactly. Now, like thinking back to, it, I'm like, that's a little terrifying. Like frogs in a spider web. It's fucked up. It is uh, fucked up, but it was so good. So good. And then it ends with this very trippy, just strobe light dance of just pizzazz that I loved. <laughs> it's her dancing, just like her on screen. Like the, the screen is flashing with the strobe light element. It was so good. Yeah, it was great. Um, great addition to the Misfits catalog. Um, as we know, they often have the best music videos. Right, right. Um, and yeah, it ends with the holograms coughing because of all the smoke. Um, and the misfits fucking book it out of there. Yeah, like, they just they peace run. the fuck out in like <laughs> the fiercest of fashion. It was just like <laughs> peace. Yeah, they're like you're gonna get more once the show starts, and then like they just run, um, which is great. Yeah, yeah, and like honestly, um, I thought they were kind of lazy bitches. Like you know, they cheated at that music, the rock star Olympics or whatever the fuck, like. Uh, and so I didn't really think that they could move like that, but they can. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably like just did have like a meth sesh. So it's probably like they're still high energy, (laughs) which would explain that previous music video to which I'm like, ladies, if that's what you need to get you to that level, meth on ladies. Meth on. (laughs) Um, It's my, it's my meth on method. (laughs) This has been my Ted talk. This has been my Ted talk. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so Jem, you know, reeling from just getting, being served by the misfits is like, okay, now it's time to practice. But, uh, Delvin, Devin, you know, silver stroke in it, uh, comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Silverstone, Silverstone. That's a good one. Silver stroke. <laughs> yeah. Is better. It is, it is. Um, and so he comes back to basically be the worst, but then he basically explodes Jem. He just like makes her explode kind of thing, which is like, whoa, out of nowhere. And we uh, And Yeah, Aja Aja is disgusted by this, like obviously. Um she has she has like bad stank face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the most. Um and yeah, so basically like he wants her to do this trick. And Jem is like, maybe if I just do it. It'll make him disappear. Um, and, like, I thought, like, Jem, why would you just walk into this box of some guy who's, like, this creepy? Like, I was like, Jem, you is dumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Particularly because it's, it's a fucking tiny-ass box. And this guy, I mean, I don't want to, you know, say sexually assault, but he was giving me that energy. Oh, for sure. And then, like, once Jem disappears, he claims that it wasn't part of a trick. And then Aja... Um, is like, are you trying to get back at her for turning you down? Which is where I'm saying there's the implicit, um, is he an incel type? Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Which, yeah, a good observation on Aja's part and definitely gives a motive. But I also love how the misfits come back just to cheer that Jem disappeared. Uh, (laughs) I'm always here for a hateful bitch moment, you know? 
Yeah, but they categorically deny that it was them. Right. Um, which, like, fair enough. Like, I don't think they can pull off, like, an illusion or stunt of that magnitude. Right. Um, and then this leads to everyone questioning who could it be. Cut to the song, <laughs> It Could Be You. Me too, me too. I one for was like, okay, so like, you know, Gem Ghost is singing because she's not there. So she's singing from some other location. Um, but my favorite part, it's a very like whodunit kind of thing of like, oh, it could be you, could it be you. But everyone just has these fucking discerning eyes looking at the other characters and they're really hamming it up. It's like, I am looking at you, okay? Yeah, like, I'm just uh, looking real hard. Like, did you do it? And it, like, cuts to each of the holograms staring intensely at Yeah, everyone. yeah, yeah. I think, like, Aja probably had, like, my favorite, like, kind of side-eye moment, like, looking a bitch up and down. I was like, whoa, <laughs> relax. Those eyes are going to pop out of your head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, there's not much to talk about outside of that. I guess, like, the ma- magicians are doing a bunch of annoying magic the lady right, with the right, turban right. blows a gust of wind and does a thing. Dude, at this point, which I was like, yo, turban lady is a straight up wizard. Like, she's not a stage magician. <laughs> this butch is pulling some real magic, okay? Right, I know. They keep saying she's an illusionist, but like, she, like, blew she just a gust commanded of wind. the forces of the elements. <laughs> I got your number, Miss Mona. Of the best. She is the best. No, of course. I agree. But it's just like, okay, she's on another level. <laughs> Um, so the music video ends. Oh, no, before um, I do want to say, I do want to say, it's like, this is like a, was a hot track moment I had with a song. Because you have the built, the, the backup vocals that go, that go like, you can be the guilty one kind of thing. Like, I forget where exactly how it comes up, but it's very good. The backup vocals are tight in the song. I'll have to re-listen to it, um, I guess. We'll play it for uh, the viewer, for the <laughs> listener. For the listener. Uh, so anyway, the music video ends, and... Aja's like, only a real magician could have rigged that trick. Um, Frick denies it and says that Frack is too dumb to do that. Right. And this was my instance was like, oh, I get it. It's Frack. Like, they really, this is like the instance where they're really setting it up. Like, it can't be him, so it must be him. Right. And, um, yeah, the other magicians deny it. The misfits deny it. And the holograms are like, we're going to find her. And until we do, all of you are suspects. Right. And... And they everyone, all volunteer everyone, to help her. Right. And they, they all volunteer because they're like, look, the, the sooner we get done with this bullshit, the sooner we can get on with the show and, like, prove our innocence. Uh, mm-hmm. And the misfits also join in. The holograms are like, what the fuck do you guys want to help for? And Pizzazz right. gave a good lie of, like, yo, if some bitch is stealing singers. I'd rather be, you know, proactive about this rather than get uh, kidnapped myself. Um, the holograms buy it, which I think was silly, but, and then Miss, uh, Pizzazz is basically like, we're going to make sure that bitch stays vanished, which I was like, whoa, <laughs> cutthroat. But it also turns out they had no power in this situation. Oh, to, no, like, yeah, they got Either soon. way, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they were kind of out of their depth here. Um, cut to a trippy witch moment. Uh, basically we mm-hmm. just get like some fucking hag flying through the skies <laughs> coming at people. 
Uh, yeah, not only a hag, but a one-eyed flying cyclops. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some good demons up in this. Um, and Marla's like, oh, excuse me. Those are just my mystic spirit illusions. Yeah, like, ain't no deal. Just my high-tech motherfucking magical projector over here. Right, which I control through my medallion. Yeah, which is like, okay, bitch, with your thoughts. Right. Um, and it turns out that the illusions weren't responding. And the illusion, like, does something. The witch illusion casts some sort of spell. Yeah, shoots an energy Marla beam at her. And then yeah. she vanishes, yeah. Um, and then Kimber, like, tries to run away and she gets trapped in a sarcophagus. Dude, it's like the dumbest thing in the fucking world. Because Kimber, <laughs> I don't know, like, trips on something but then goes like, whoa, 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 straight into, like, it's backing up into a sarcophagus. And it's like, lady, have you walked before? <laughs> And also, why, like, I don't know, in Magic Castle or whatever the fuck, Magic Island, like, I would steer clear of any um, sarcophagi. Yeah, any open uh, casket situation, which is essentially what that is. (laughs) Yeah, I would not walk directly into a casket. Yeah, and it's not like she she trips and takes, like, one step back, like, you know, trying to save herself. She trips, then walks backwards seven consecutive steps, and it's like... (laughs) Girl, you had the time to recover. <laughs> um, so yeah, bitches in a sarcophagus. <laughs> and then the one-eyed creature starts chasing Pizzazz and then she disappears. Um, the holograms hear Kimber screaming and free her. Um, yeah, she gets out, and- which I thought was kind of weird. I, like, she gets trapped later again, but I thought it was like, okay, why they just have her go in that moment? Um, and Frack, like, trying to cover his own ass is like, I wish I could see how it was done. Um, and Devin sees a trap door, sees trap doors in the ground, and he's like, let's go. Let's leave to the basement, which seems like a terrible idea, but yeah, I'm, like, yeah, go yeah, for exactly. it. Yeah, uh, exactly. And they explore, and then they come across, all right, so they come across a cutout of Jim in a <laughs> bird, a giant birdcage. And... Rhea, she, you know, you cute girl, but I don't know, you dumb as rocks. Because she not only <laughs> mistakes a cardboard two-dimensional version of Gem as the real thing, she also walks straight into this fucking giant birdcage. I know. And, I know. like, it's like, oh, girl. And she gets, like, spun super hard. Spins around so fast that a tiger replaces her. Uh, right. Spun into a tiger, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dope. I wish I could do that. Me too. Me too. I can't spin into anything. I can. I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> even spin and change my outfit, Wonder Woman style. Shit, we gotta work on that. Yeah, my spin game pretty weak. Yep. I, I won't even like, you know, lie to you there, Jocelyn. I mean, I don't mean to cut out a, like you know read a bitch, but like uh, a lot of your games aren't aren't too strong. Your phone game's weak. Your spin game's weak. Oh shit! You know what? Fine, I'm gonna do a spin outfit reveal, and it's gonna be so fierce that you won't know what came. I'll be like, "Who is this bitch?" Because she isn't Hakuna Titties. Because I've seen that girl spin. (laughs) You're giving me like you know extra soiled on uh, on the washing machine kind of spin levels here. Oh, that's a spin. That's a spin. Let me tell you, that's a spin. Uh Anyway, so this tiger pops out of the cage and is about to go maul Stormer. 
Um, and this was like a it was like a Tiger Stormer moment. I did not see coming. I didn't think we would ever have one in the show. I was kind of here for it. <laughs> but yeah, St- Stormer again demonstrating some sort of like fit, high fitness level. Yeah, just climbs this like other casket thing. Yeah, like freestyle no rock climbing, like it's nothing. <laughs> She just kind of scurries up. It yeah, like she gets pretty high. Squirrel. It's like high enough for like a fucking like giant. I don't know, a Siberian tiger of sort. Not a Siberian tiger. Uh, it's, it's a fucking a tiger. tiger. It's just a fucking tiger. It's a tiger. <laughs> uh, and then, like Stormer has this line which I thought was cute, which is like Raya, like relax, and it's like okay, she's not. A- she wasn't actually spun into a tiger. Thank you very much. <laughs> um. And yeah, so Devin tries to like do something to the tiger with his magic. Dude, his okay. Magic don't work. Okay, it. he isn't just trying to do something. He's shooting magical beams at it. To which again, <laughs> I'm like, how fake is this? Because you you're at least shooting beams of light at a wild creature. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you thought it was gonna do, and it then proceeds no. to like piss it the fuck off. Which again, if I was, I think anything, you know, being shone a light straight in its face would piss it off. Yeah, um, and it basically is so upset it starts chasing after all of the other people. Um, we cut to commercial on that cliffhanger. We come back to Devin, um, who's like trying, still shooting beams of light, and scares the tiger into the cage. Yeah, somehow he does it. Don't ask me where. Don't ask me how. Um, yeah, I've. Um, then they turn to Professor Frick, who is at this point suspect number one, because he's basically said, like, I don't really give a shit about any of you bitches except my own act. Um, and they're like, since he's so against rock bands, like, what do you have to say about this? Um, he denies this allegation um, and basically, like, starts fake crying and pulls out this this rag from his suit which turns into a giant sheet, which he then throws on them, making them disappear. Right. And I was like, dude, is that really the like the the action one would take if you're innocent? It was very right. sus. I was like, dude, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I know. Like, what point are you trying to make? Yeah. Um, anyways, he runs off and his, his ginger boy slave Frick is there with him. Uh, <laughs> and he, I think Frick leads him into a kind of a dead end. And... Uh, we get a girl posse moment, and everyone in this moment, I was like, yo, you all look fucking fantastic. You look mm-hmm. you look like you're going to take down some patriarchy real hard, looking hot. Uh, then a cannon pops up and shoots confetti at them. Yeah, for reasons. For reasons. Um, um, <laughs> this was where I turns, go... Yeah. This is where I go, like... I, I, not, I, not that I don't imagine you to get this restaurant... This reference, this restaurant. I don't think you'd get this restaurant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think you would get this reference also because I know you wouldn't get this reference, but there's a comic book character called Arcade, and he basically has this thing called Murder World, which is basically like kind of a fun house that will like kill you. Uh, I got very strong Murder World energy through this entire thing. It's a lot of like trips and traps and things that might kill you that may not kill you, but then the things that doesn't kill you will. Murder World sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's also called Murder World. It's also called Murder so, World. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> One of my favorites was he traps the X-Men in a giant pinball machine uh, and then proceeds to try to kill them there. They obviously survive. It's all good, but still. It was, it wow, was, a, wow. it was a good moment. I was like, oh, that's fun. 
Um, so yeah, definitely those vibes. And the cannon blows confetti and balloons so hard at them that the wall that they thought was a dead end turns out to just be paper. And then they fall down this very intense, like multi-pronged winding slide thing down into the basement and fall into their own individual caves. Cages, Cages, which was very, very well done. Um, Yes. And and then it was... uh, and then we, this is where we learned that it was the ginger guy all along because he was like, you think at first he's also trapped in the cage. He's like, nah, bitches, I set this whole thing up. Um, and then we get a very Scooby-Doo moment, which I think this whole episode was kind of Scooby-Doo-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. But mo- I think no more so than in this moment because we basically get this villain monologue of like, you know, these are my motives and like all you fools cast me off as a ginger boy slave and I'm going to show you I'm a ginger (laughs) boy master. Right. (laughs) I'm a ginger man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's basically like, I want all your secrets, all your magician secrets. And, uh, you know, Mona and Devin and Frack or Frick or whatever are basically like, yo, like we're not going to give you our secrets. And then in, I thought a very unnerving moment Psycho Ginger Boy Slave Man is basically like, if you don't give me your secrets, I will cut pizzazz in half. Uh, right. Yeah, that was intense. And he has a manic moment because he's like, I'll like, do the, the sawing half trick in Mona or someone's like, we all know that you don't actually cut someone in half. And then he screams at them, not the way I do it. And it's like, oh, he's going he's gonna to dismember a bitch. Yeah, and, uh, pizzazz's eyes are the eyes of terror. Right, right. Uh and then, you know, they, I guess they, like, relent or they accept. And then we cut just to the uh, frack ginger boy slave getting ready. And I just love how they have this line. It's like, now that I have all their secrets. And I'm like, how does this work? Are the secrets, like, you know, on a magical parchment that once you read them, they, like, <laughs> form into your mind that you now can perform those right. tricks? Because I'm pretty sure you need, like, a lot of equipment, probably some practice. You need to practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, now I have all their secrets. I've ingested all of their secrets. Um, I also wanted to point out that, like, during this whole exchange, like, while everyone else is in a cage, Roxy is hanging from the ceiling. Right, in a right. straight jacket. Yeah, because he was probably like, yo, this bitch, I can't put in a normal cage. <laughs> she's too feisty. Yeah, far you, too feisty. She's she would... from the mean streets of Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. She probably knows how to pick a lock without a fucking skeleton key, not like these, like, uh, basic act magicians. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he goes on stage. Everyone is like, you know, enthralled and entranced. I can't remember the word. Anyway. And like, in the meantime, Kimber like finds her skeleton key, which I guess she had lost before, like in the opening scene or something. Maybe. Um, Anyway, she has one, and she just, like, lets everyone out. Which, squeezy, like, I don't know if... Squeezy. I don't know if that's necessarily how skeleton keys, keys work. Because, yes, a skeleton key, let's say, for an apartment building, can open every door in the building. But it's not like you can just have a skeleton key that opens every lock. Maybe it can open every lock from things at the magic store. Yeah, okay. All right. That... Uh, <laughs> maybe. And there's only the one magic store... And it's on Magic Island, so... The Magic Island's Magic Emporium. (laughs) Actually, it wouldn't be an emporium because everything would be for Magic Island. So, uh, anyway. Magic Island, Magic Island Warehouse, or Magic Island... 
Uh, artisanal co-op. There you go. There you go. It's it would be a co-op. They all live there. They don't have any money. They're magicians. Um, yeah, exactly. And Frack during his show is basically like I'm gonna make an elephant disappear. That's gonna be his showstopper. Uh, we also get... Which is like, bitch, what? Like, we've seen so much more crazy shit. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna pull a curtain, you know, shimmy an (laughs) elephant off the stage, and that's it? (laughs) Right? Like, it was like, oh, an elephant. Here's an elephant behind the curtain. Close the curtain. Now I'm gonna make it disappear. Like, oh, wonder how I pulled this one off. Okay. (laughs) Okay, sir. Um... (laughs) And then uh, it's kind of it cuts back in between the show and the cages, and Ms. Martell apologizes to Jim, which is kind of nice. She's basically like, "Sorry for being such a complete bitch for no reason." Uh, yeah, well, she was it, she's into Devin Silverstone. She was jealous. Right, 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 right. Um, more on that in a moment. Um, and Frack, as he's doing his whole elephant trick, he pulls back the curtain and reveals Gem and the Holograms who have all gotten out at this point, except for Pizzazz, who had to be left in the uh, the saw case kind of thing. Uh, right. This is again where we get Frack, again, legit, just shooting some energy beams, Iron Man style. Uh, and then Gem is like the synergy, synergy, create multiple illusions, which is like, bitch, how vague can you be? Why do you always leave it, leave it to fucking synergy to do the legwork in these illusions? Right. And okay. So one, there's some sort of diabolical lizard monster who oh, chases dude. Frack away. S- Synergy comes through with a little bit of the demon horde in this fucking episode because <laughs> yes. I've said it before and I'll say it again. That bitch definitely has a one like a two way link to hell because she's popping those illusions out of somewhere. Uh yeah, she like multiplies the holograms so there are like a bunch of them on stage. There are like a bunch of lizard, like cyclops. Satan, satanic demon type things. Um, there's a lot happening. There's a lot. I was here for it. They uh, they basically like get uh, Frax so scared he runs off the stage. Meanwhile, the misfits are like right there to like kind of grab him. And uh, Devin see, saw Jem pull her synergy illusions. Jem is like, oh shit, like now I'm in shit. And but Devin just thinks it's it's just a magic trick or it's just magic, right? Which is also, I mean, kind of pretty fucking accurate. Synergy works like a magical spell does. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And I guess that like gives Devin garners gen, gem some respect from her magician crew. Right, right. She's um, like one of them because uh, she has a high tech spectral computer. Inhabited by the <laughs> unholy soul of her dead mother burning in hell. <laughs> Precisely. Exactly. Like all good magicians do. Um, so, yeah. Um, Frack is now in a straitjacket hanging from the ceiling. And the holograms are free to perform Music is Magic. Music is magic. I can't remember in which episode. Yeah, I think it was like one of the early ones, but obviously very fitting uh, for this episode. And yeah. this is where I want to bring up the problematic Mona Devin 
uh, storyline in this song specifically. Because we've already got, you know, the hint that Mona is into Devin and it's necessarily, not necessarily yeah. uh, uh, mutual. Uh, and yep. we get a couple of scenes in this where she's kind of lusting after him. It actually kind of made me like, like her less that like they made it very obvious. But then, towards the end of the song, she shoots some magical beam at Devin or like conjures some spirit around him. And in the end, they're like holding hands or kissing. And I'm like, yeah. yo, bitch, like you just cast a love spell on him. That's not consensual. Yeah, no, that's like magical sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. Which also, um, no one talks about. No one talks about that. <laughs> you can't just be casting love spells. Exactly. Like, They're very dangerous. They rarely come through for anybody, any party involved. And um, I think it's also just made worse, I think, when the person has already expressed their non-interest, you know? Right, for sure. Um, that was a disappointing turn in the... Um, I don't think her name is Mona. Dude, I don't know what the fuck her name something. is. Like... Myrna, I don't know. It's something. Anyway. Her last name is Martell. I remember that being accurate. Yeah, Ms. Martell. Um, yeah, that was... I didn't like that. Like, she was such a fierce woman that she didn't need, like, a little snot-nosed loser with a cape. Yeah. Like, yeah, Devin. Yeah, And this was, like, overall, I, I wanted to give, like, you know, my boy Paul Dini some cred in that he gave, you know, the female characters, like, agency. There was that, you know, back and forth between Jem and Devin that I pointed out earlier. This part, yes. I was like, no, you ruined this character for me. She was a bad bitch. Now she's a weak bitch. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, so after they... So this this music video has some pretty cool... Oh, it, it, does, well. it does. It does. It does. It does. It leans into the whole magical thing some more, which I was into. Yeah. And like more like trap doors turning into slides and then they're like little tiny trampolines that they jump on to get back on stage which i liked um a lot of like floating musical notes through space right 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 um they're things are always and... better when they're floating through space am i right yeah for sure <laughs> Every music video that's lame in the show, I'm like, couldn't you have done this, like, in space? Exactly, exactly. Why don't I have the, like, a backdrop of the Milky Way, and why isn't thing, aren't things, like, spinning through it? Right, and, like, okay, if you're gonna force the whole Rio and Gem thing down our throats, like, why not have them be, like, like two planets spinning, and then their faces, like, turn in, like, the planets turn into their faces and then they collide and they kiss or something like right, give right, me right. more yeah give me more celestial body on celestial body action. <laughs> i want some interplanetary intercourse yes yes uh, also no rio in this episode is probably why i was among the best um yeah no rio thank god um dean the genie was like you know fuck this fucker he don't need to be in my story <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's why we stand. Um, one of the reasons why. But anyway, so they finish the song and they're like, what happened to the misfits? Turns out uh, Frack tied them all up backstage and the holograms, instead of helping them, just laughed. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> which I was proud of them for. Me too. I like, yeah, I like a petty moment for them. Uh, and it also leads, I don't think we ever see this character again, but it also, it sets up a potentially recurring villain outside of uh, Eric and the misfits here. Because he did get away. Correct. He did get away. 
So who do we think, um, now that we finished the episode, who do we think is the baddest bitch of the episode? So as previously mentioned, it could have been Ms. Martell, but she really, she lost it there at the end for me. Um, Should it be Paul Dini for actually giving us- Yeah! Paul Dini, baddest bitch for giving us a coherent, I'm going to say entertaining- It was entertaining. Episode of Jim. Yeah, and like a shout out to whoever designed their outfits too. True, those true, fantastic. true, true. Outfit designer, like fashion designer, whatever you call it in the Gemosphere should get some cred because they were fantastic. Uh, what did we call, what was Paul Dini's drag name? Dini the Genie? Oh, uh, Dini. Dini the G. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Dini the G, you, you killed it. Yeah, you, you fucking killed it, bro. Um, <laughs> you fucking killed it, bud. Bud, yo, uh, my man. Um, so who do we think is the weakest bitch? Weakest bitch, okay. Uh, Rhea for walking into that. Yeah, that was some <laughs> real dumb bitch energy. Also, Rhea did not, like, she, she never really does anything, but she also, she no. did nothing outside of that. No, she didn't. Um, I mean, like, we could say... Martell, Miss Martell, but but like, she was so strong the, the rest of the episode. I know. So like for that spiritual rape moment, I mean, when you <laughs> I put it like that, she should probably rank lower. Yeah, exactly. For for that instance of rape, she would have been she would have been great. Uh, <laughs> was it actually? We didn't see them actually do any intercourse, but there still was a lot no, of problematic elements to it. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, now I feel bad not saying that, but I still want to give it to Ray. Oh, me too. She, like, despite that fact, and, like, I'm not going to say Devin Silverstroke had it coming, but he kind of had it coming. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, Ms. Martell was very strong for the rest of the episode. Rhea was consistently weak and then ultra weak. Um, and I don't think anyone else really kind of even is in the running, because even Frack, he was a good villain. Yeah, he was a good villain, and everyone else, like, had some powerful magic and, like, Ah, uh, I mean, like magic. the hologram. Powerful, strong. Uh, yeah, uh, the rest of the holograms are kind of nothing throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. Even I like, mean, as like as, as they, they tend yeah, to be. they tend to tend to be. Aja had some good moments. Kimber did. Shayna, I mean, Shayna. Shayna, Shayna. Shayna was um, just she was unaware. She couldn't put two and two together that the misfits were behind it. Yeah, so, yeah, or yeah. were coming. I, so. But I, I expect nothing out of Shayna, so the fact that she even had a spoken word in this episode was astounding. <laughs> so true. Alright, so uh, Paul Dini, Denis the G, <laughs> um, you are our baddest bitch, and um, Rhea, you are the weakest bitch. I'm so sorry. So um, sorry. But, you know, had to be said. You are useless. Exactly. Um, you are you, Celeste. Exactly. And you are useless, so it's, it fits. <laughs> that was the joke. I don't Thanks, know. Joss. I know. I know. I was, <laughs> Thanks for repeating no, what I said. <laughs> Again, just in a less funny manner. That's That, that always <laughs> makes a joke hit home. But whichever... <laughs> Um, so yeah, with all of that said and done, uh, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Gem Girls Podcast. Um, if you want to check us out on social media, uh, please do that. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Gem Girls Podcast on both platforms and check out our website, gemgirls.com. 
It's Totes Hilaire. Totes Hilaire, uh, Totes Deluge. And uh, also, Mm -hmm. in the spirit of delusional, please rate us and review us. (laughs) Uh, And by rate us and review us, I mean a five-star review. Five-star. Five-star review. And uh, we're like a a five-star general or a five-star restaurant. We're a five-star podcast. Uh, And a positive review. It could be as many words as you like. You know, ham it up if you like. The only thing is it has to be a positive review because that is store policy. Uh, Yes. And with that said, until next time, stay Stay outrageous. outrageous. Bye. Bye.